Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is a series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 32, and this one is going to be an interview format. Some numbers of episodes ago, I think it was actually episode number 16, uh, I did an interview and I asked those of you who listen to this podcast series for input on whether that format was one that you liked or whether you'd like to keep the uh, format with me speaking alone. And the feedback was uh, quite strong that um, we continue to do just uh, podcasts with me speaking a bunch of the time, but that there was also really strong interest in having guest speakers on the podcast periodically as well. So this is now the 32nd uh, episode, and I think it's time to have a, a guest speaker on, and I'm delighted to have with us today uh, Mandy Kloppers, who's a psychologist from the UK. She's also the founder of a really innovative new approach to providing uh, help to people via text, which we'll uh, hear about. But let me welcome Mandy Kloppers to this session. Welcome, Mandy. Hi there. Hi, and hi to uh, the listeners. Nice to be here. Well, I thought maybe we could start, Mandy, by you providing a little bit of background about yourself. I mean, I've uh, read your bio and seen that uh, you've had kind of an interesting uh, life that's also spanned some continents. So I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm 38 now, and um, I grew up in South Africa, and... I've traveled a little bit, moved to Belgium for two years, um, studied part-time, took me nine years to get my degree, and uh, started that in South Africa, and did another two years in the UK to get my degree recognized here. And yeah, it's been an interesting life. I guess I've had a lot of health problems along the way, and uh, you know, interesting relationships throughout my, my childhood and my adult life, and I guess that's made me who I am today, and it's helped me to um, understand life more. I think it's made me stronger, and I think it's also made me able to help other people in that I've experienced a lot of things myself, so I'm not just talking from a textbook. I've done things. I've learned how to overcome things, changed my thinking. Um, so, yeah, I think it's given me good grounding for where I am now. Well, great, and the... Conversations that we've had via email to Mandy about really the topics to cover in a session that we could do together have spanned a variety of interesting topics. And I know you've also had a look at what we've covered in this series to date and uh, asked you to come up with a topic a theme that may be appropriate that we hadn't necessarily covered in depth in the past and one that you feel passionate about yourself. And I wonder if you could just describe what that overall uh, theme is. Yeah, sure. Um, it's about basically how you perceive the world and how your perception of things is very important, how you interpret what happens to you. And it's not, it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to it. I think that can make or break the way you see life or can help you through life when you're having a tough time. And um, my the, the topic I wanted to cover was about self-confidence, self-belief, and how this can either hinder you if you don't have enough of it, or it can open up all sorts of opportunities for you if you do know how to improve your self-confidence. And I've never worked with anybody in the past who's, who hasn't wanted to improve their self-confidence. So 
I think even the people you see out there who, you know, celebrities or people who seem really confident, um, I think everybody, everybody I've come across has always said they could do with more. So I think it's a, a global, worldwide issue. I've also thought myself as a parent, and I think I mentioned that in one of the previous episodes too, when I was talking about the things and reflection in terms of it being, being a parent, that one of the most important attributes that you can instill in your children of all the others that are possible is probably the one and, and most important is in fact the one that you've chosen here of self-confidence. And that one, if you are missing that, in your life, you know, it can compromise all kinds of areas of success and all roles in your life. And uh, it can also, and conversely, if you do really well at being very confident uh, and really understanding yourself uh, well, can also lead to all kinds of success. So great topic. I think it's incredibly important. I'm delighted that you that you chose that. Now, b before we get into, and I was delighted uh, to hear that you also even came up with a top 10 list, which is the <laughs> listeners of this series know uh, is the format that I often use in going through these. And so that I was really delighted about that. And one of the other things that we do in the series is come up with some quotes, some quotes that are interesting to, uh, to share as well. And uh, I know that you had also said that you uh, have some favorite quotes of yours. So maybe before we get into the uh, sort of self-confidence uh, top 10 list uh, and the like, maybe we could share some of your uh, quotes that you wanted to uh, provide as well. Yes, I have a few favourite ones. That um, I mean, I even have one written in my diary, so I can check it every now and then when I need to just give myself a little boost. Um, and one of one of the very well known ones is obviously by Henry Ford, and it's uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. And uh, I think that really sums it up nicely. That you know how you look at things and how you limit yourself by the beliefs you have about yourself and your capabilities. You know, that is often quite defining in how far you can get and what you can actually do. So that's one quote that I love. And uh, then there's, there's another one here. When you are content to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete, everybody will respect you. And that is by somebody called Leo Tzu. Um, and I just think, you know, true happiness comes from being true to yourself, trying to be who you are, liking who you are, trying to be the same person no matter who you're with. Um, and we all change a little bit just to fit in with, with, you know, the different types of people in our lives and the different relationships. But being true to the core of who you are, I think, is really important. And then the last one, uh, sorry, I've got two more here. Mm -hmm. one, the other one is by Eleanor Roosevelt. And it says, yeah, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Which, again, is, uh, again, about whatever happens to you, how you perceive that and how you react to that and whether you allow the people to put you down and, you know, define you or whether you say, hold on a second, I'm in control here. I decide how I am, who I am. Um, and my last quote is, if you really put a small value upon yourself, rest assured that the world will not raise your price. And that is by author unknown. And I think that, you know, if you're not going to champion yourself and be your own best friend, then who is? Excellent quotes, Mandy. And I think they're, uh, I, I really find quotes to be inspiring. And I know a lot of other people do 
too, that, uh, like you say, every once in a while you go into your diary, remind, remind yourself of some of these key ideas. Um, I've had some of these sitting around on my desk, and some people think they're corny. I think they're you know immensely useful to motivate you, and I think they're also directly relevant to the topic that we're going to be talking about today as well. And so maybe we can get into your top 10 list, Mandy. What's number one? Okay, well, my number one is that, you know, to do, um, again, based on the topic of self-confidence and self-belief, is that your current life is the result of your past thoughts and your past beliefs. And basically, that where you are in your life right now is, is the direct result of how your life, your life history, what you've done in your past, what you've thought about, what, what you've been telling yourself about what you can achieve and can't achieve has brought you to where you are today. So it's basically showing you how important thoughts are in the process of life. And I think a lot of us don't even realize that we have some of these thoughts. You know, they've been sort of programmed into us from an early age. And, you know, it's only when you start, start looking at the, the way you talk to yourself and your inner dialogue that you start to understand what might be holding you back in life. and why you're not able to achieve certain things. You might be able, you might be telling yourself that you can't do it, and then so you never try because you just don't think that that's something that would ever be available to you. But if you start changing your beliefs slightly and say, why, why can't I um, do that? And, and just challenge yourself a little bit more um, and just be aware of, of the thoughts that you have, you might be able to do things you never thought possible. Yeah, it strikes me too, Mandy, that some people just aren't aware that they're actually having those thoughts and that they're having an influence on them. They have to actually get some sense of, you know, what those, uh, what those thoughts are and that are actually influencing them in the ways that they, uh, like I said, they're not really even aware of. Yes, exactly. I think, you know, if you're, you're trying, if you're trying to achieve a goal or a dream or an ambition, you've got to step out of your comfort zone to do that. But if you don't, step up your self-belief at the same time and there's not congruence between the two, I think that the self-doubt will lead to self-sabotage on some level and that you will, you know, you'll be looking for examples that confirm that you're not capable. Mm-hmm. So it's about stepping up your self-belief to, to keep in line with your dreams and your ambitions and this better, bigger person that's out there. Well, it's in you, should I say, but that you, you need to work towards and not keep yourself small. Very, very good one to, to start um, as a number one to really get uh, a handle on, you know, what's going on with regard to your uh, what you're actually saying to yourself. What's your number two? Exactly. Um, number two is that a little bit what I've touched on already. Analyze your internal dialogue and find identify the limiting self-beliefs that you hold. And, you know, what we have is that we can often be find that we're telling ourselves that we're unattractive and this is shaping all our interactions and if we feel unattractive we're probably giving off that body language that we are unattractive and other people will take cues from that and treat us accordingly so it's almost like your inner world becomes your reality what you think you create mm-hmm. on many levels so it's about trying to stop yourself and just identifying what it is that's holding you back what thoughts are not working for you um, what thoughts are saying you're not capable of doing something or that you're you're overweight or that you're unattractive or that you're unlovable, whatever it is, 
um, you know, you need to try and find those because a lot of the time, as I said before, they could come from your childhood and you're so, they're so ingrained. They've been, you know, said to you over and over, perhaps by an authority figure that you trusted at that time and you've never really challenged them. And uh, as you get older, a lot of those thoughts can be chucked out and replaced with new ones. You might get a, get to this later, Mandy, but I'm just wondering yeah. too, how, how does one become aware of that internal dialogue, what you are saying to yourself? Is there a, a way of, of really stepping back and, and getting some level of insight into your own self-talk? I th- it, it would boil down to asking yourself questions, how you would be if you were more confident you, you know, rate yourself. So in my personal social life, I rate my confidence at, at this level. Or, and it's just about finding that disparity between how you could be and how you are now and what you're not being able to achieve and looking into why you're not able to achieve that. Perhaps it's a job that you want. What are you saying to yourself that's stopping you from applying for that job? Um, or it could be that you're not going out and socializing. You have to ask yourself questions like what's what is it that's stopping me? Why am I not going out? Am I afraid of something? And I think then you start to, you become more aware of the thoughts that you're telling yourself that stop you from doing those those activities. Mm-hmm. It's quite a difficult one, but I think if you just start questioning your behaviours more, um, hopefully some of those those sneaky thoughts will come to the fore and um, give you a little bit more insight into why you are not doing certain things that you want to do, why you're procrastinating or holding back or hesitating. What fears do you have? You have to ask yourself these questions to to bring bring out these, these thoughts that you have. That makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. And so what you're saying is you don't necessarily start with the thoughts, but you start with sort of the behavior that you are unhappy with or you know, either behavior that we want to increase or behavior you want to decrease. And really to understand that behavior better, what you're saying, Mandy, is that, you know, you first identify those and then you start to think through, hey, am I telling myself something about, you know, whether I'm unattractive or, you know, whether I'm, uh, I don't go and and take uh, certain types of activities because I'm uh, somehow lacking. And then you introspect, I guess, about that and get to some greater realization with regard to, oh, well, what I'm actually telling myself is uh, the actual line that my mother or father or whatever, like you were saying earlier, an authority figure may have actually been saying to you many, many years ago in your childhood that still is having the effect on you today. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, exactly. It's about thoughts leading to behavior, behavior creating your reality, and it's a kind of a, a triangle, isn't it, mm-hmm. of, of thoughts, behavior, reality. So if you start with the thoughts, look at what's not working and I said it can take a while to start pinpointing what you're you know what you're actually saying to yourself that isn't working and that perhaps isn't true anymore which I'll get on to in the next the next point okay why don't we go on to the next point then I think we're at number three okay well number three is challenge these negative beliefs once you've figured out what they are and ask yourself where is the evidence so I guess if you had an example of I'm unattractive, um, you'd have to look back and say, well, who, wh- you know, identify the source, whether it's um, something that you've, you've always had or if it's something more recent, but you need to understand the source, who, what, um, and look at that. That'll help you get more understanding. Um, the other thing is, where is the evidence, the facts? 
if you think you're unattractive, you'll convince yourself that it's true. Your behavior will, as I said earlier, attract responses that confirm your beliefs. And the longer you've had this belief, the more difficult it is to, to get rid of it. You will hold on to it more because it's your reality. It's, your, it's almost just part of you. So, and as I said before, what you think you create, your thoughts create your reality. So your thoughts are, it's crucial to look at your thoughts and to chuck away those, those thoughts that aren't working for you, that are very negative and that are not useful to you, keeping you down, keeping you small and keeping you from being that better person or that more improved person, not a better person than you are now. Also, the other thing is to look at the cost. What is the cost of holding on to this belief? What is the downside of this belief? What, what, what does it mean to you if you keep holding on to this belief? What has it stopped you from achieving? And then challenging it and then replacing it with something a lot more positive. Instead of saying, I'm unattractive, you could say to yourself, I'm now ready to appreciate my attractiveness. I am naturally attractive. And you say this in the present tense, and keep telling yourself that. And in the beginning, it may seem untrue, it may seem false, but if you keep telling yourself, like positive affirmation, mm -hmm. eventually, it's like mind programming, I think eventually it starts to seep in. But you've got to do the work, you've got to keep telling yourself and being positive and chucking out the negative thoughts, which it takes practice, practice, practice. That's an excellent one. And I was just thinking too, Mandy, that as somebody's looking for the evidence you know, for or against that belief, which is critical, I think, in really debunking that uh, belief and uh, indicating that it's in fact an incorrect uh, belief to have. I would think that some people may have a tendency to, you know, look for evidence that confirms, you know, that negative belief and people who have a greater tendency to you know, depression and, and lower moods uh, tend to have a um, an ability to see the world in a very negative light. And so I, I would think that the additional maybe suggestion is when you're looking for evidence for the belief, don't take the first bit of evidence that you see, because you may well be cover, you know, coloring it in, in particular ways. And you may actually yeah. just be looking at the evidence saying, see, that's why I'm unattractive because of that and that and that. And when you really mm -hmm. sort of query that and you're saying, well, you know what, that's probably not real evidence. That's just my perception that that person didn't look at me, you know, or look at me, uh, at me in a particular way or whatever, that it really isn't um, indicative of the appropriate belief. So it's, so I would suggest addition, additionally that they can dig in a little deeper to really make sure that it's factual evidence and not just a perception yes. right yes exactly i think you've got to look for factual factual evidence because a lot of the time you know your parents might have said you're you're ugly or you know some of us don't have the best parents and uh that's something that you've lived with all your life and actually if you go back and you look at the source it might be that it was more an issue that your parent had unfortunately they said something to you that you've taken as fact because you were a child and at that stage what your parents said was fact and true and they were your parents so they knew better and I think as an adult you've got to shift you know sift through all that and mm -hmm. find what really works and have a good look at yourself and find positive examples to justify that you are attractive that you are lovable and concentrate on those accentuate positive a really good point I'm thinking too Mandy that we, we obviously have people listening as well um, and you are and I am a parent as well and it's probably uh, yeah. appropriate to 
step back and realize too, while we're talking about the impact of what a lot of the time people do pick up from their parents that has a can have a very positive and also can have a very negative effect on people throughout their lives uh, and that you have to do the kind of work that you're proposing here to try to peel back the influences, uh, certainly some of the negative influences of some of the things that may have happened. It's probably maybe worthwhile mentioning that um, we as parents need to be really careful about um, not every single moment of our parenting lives, but think about what you are saying you know, to your kids in terms of things like their, their appearance. It's very important in growing up the, the, the appearance, right? And, and other things as well. I think some of the time, maybe we just get so busy with life that we may not be aware of the impact we're in fact having. But I think the point you're making uh, is not only to have these techniques to really solve and and uh, undo some of the uh, damaging things that you may have been told um, by parents and others many years ago. It's probably important as well to even take take the look and say, ah, we should be more careful as parents ourselves right now in what we say to our kids. Absolutely. Um, I think there's been research on that actually that has said that children who come from a positive where their parents kind of champion them and give them good feedback often do have more of a chance of success later in life than those children who are academically really gifted. Um, they have, or they have an equal chance, it's something, like that, something along those lines. But you do increase your child's chances of success in a happy life. So they leave home feeling that they're a loved, val- valuable individual. And it's about, you know, if they, if they do something that you don't agree with, it's about commenting on the behavior, not on the actual person, not saying you're bad. So what you did wasn't, wasn't good. Something along those lines. It's, it's, it can be so damaging, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will, will have their own ideas of what parents said to them. So it really is crucial, I think, to shaping a future society that's got good morals, that's sort of happy within themselves, and isn't repressed. And I see it time and time again. So, yeah, it's so important to watch how you speak to your children. I mean, not, no one's perfect, and parents make mistakes. But I think that's the best gift you can give them, is to give them a high self-esteem. So I think we're now up to number five, is it? Um, I think I've already spoken about some of these. It is repeat the positive beliefs to yourself regularly, even if at first it seems untrue. So it's just about gently moving your, shifting your thinking from constantly looking at the negatives, which is quite easy to do. And I think for a lot of people it comes more naturally than thinking, yes, I'm great and I, you know, I'm a good person to be around. I think some, some people find that harder to do. It's much easier to berate yourself and, you know, be, be negative, be your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about trying to just shift slightly to be more positive and just focus on the good things you've done, focus on your achievements, focus on the past things that you, you felt proud of or where you're bringing your children up or the fact that you smiled at a stranger. It's just tiny little things that can all add up to making you feel that much better about yourself. Now, do you think, too, Mandy, that some of the time people have a difficult time, you know, focusing on that uh, and keeping that sort of front of mind? I'm just wondering, I've used the term before in the past as well, the whole notion of, you know, in your face, that that uh, uh, if you want to have a positive statement about yourself, 
and you want to really instill it in the way that you think on a regular basis to actually put it on like the, uh, I don't know what that's called on a cell phone where the, the little greeting message comes up. I've done that myself before. Something that you want every time you, uh, you know, open your phone, you actually have that in front of you, whether you use a computer a bunch of the time, you can actually have that right on, you know, your desktop. There's, there's putting things in your face, so to speak, putting things directly accessible to you at all times, what it is that you want to reinforce for yourself, that you are, you know, X, Y, Z. Absolutely. I have a very good friend, actually, who regularly sends me a text and it says, in case you forget and nobody else tells you, you're amazing. And it's funny how this, it does start to sink in on some level. And, you know, at first you go, yeah, yeah. But if you just, you know, if you, if it, some people say, yeah, but I'm fooling myself and it's not reality. But whatever works, I think whatever works, to make you feel better about yourself uh, is a good thing. And I, I can't see anything wrong with being more positive, looking at yourself as a good person, a lovable person, and a worthwhile person. There's too many people, I think, who are out there, you know, putting themselves down, feeling useless, comparing themselves constantly to others. Uh, it, it's, it, it's counterproductive. And I think if you can start championing, championing yourself, um, you're, you're in a much better position. What's next? Next is visualization, visualizing the new confident you, how you would dress, how you would behave, how you would interact with others, and just try and make that real to yourself. If you were this super confident person who could do these things that you want to do, how would you be? And just imagine it as if it's a reality. I think all these, all these little tricks together, visualization, the positive affirmations, it all it all helps. But as I said, it's a step-by-step -step process and it does take lots of practice and it's not an overnight thing. But you'll find that the more you try and do it, the, the more natural it becomes. So people are different, I think, in their ability to visualize uh, certain things, yeah. right? Some people are better, some people are not, not as good at it. But what's key in all these areas in order to see what you want to become in the future, as you say, is to actually have some concept in your mind of what you as this new person, you know, would be, would be. I'm uh, just wondering whether there are any, you know, suggestions with regard to how somebody can, in fact, you know, visualize that. Is, is it something that they would, you know, write down, describe themselves, do sort of a characterization, you know, I do this in other parts of my, uh, my life to do a lot of work in design. And there's a sort of visualization that we do of future products, uh, where we characterize what a product is going to look like f several versions in the future. Uh, and some of that might be kind of crazy thinking of what might be possible. The technology may not even be there yet to achieve that vision, but at least it sets you in the direction that you're going. And we find that the more concrete we can make that, that it's not just a, you know, somebody's thought about it or whatever, that what's, what's really most effective is to actually try to create a prototype, create a, a sort of rendering in some way that, that you can remind yourself on a regular basis what that future direction is. And I'm, I'm thinking the same probably applies in this environment where you'd say, okay, well, let's get a sense of, you know, what the new Mandy in the future may, you know, look like or, or act like or uh, whatever. And, and so I think maybe getting as concrete as you can in your visualization you know, might be useful. I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on that, Mandy. 
Yeah, definitely. I think if you can identify where you feel that you have confidence issues, perhaps with meeting new people, or you don't feel that um, you know you're good enough in your job, or you know those sorts of examples, you could visualise yourself going into work, smartly dressed, head held high, walking directly, smiling, looking at people in the eye, and just you know imagine that you're looking at yourself in a movie on a movie screen, and how you'd be, and just trying to think it's almost like you start you know that they say you fake it to make it um the other thing is to do a positive uh, visualization chart where you put pictures up of, of people who look confident or people talking to other people or just things that you wish that you could do that you feel that you can't at this stage and just keep telling yourself that you're capable and that you can do those things but yes it is quite a difficult thing to visualize and to make that real it takes practice as well, and it's. Um, I think you can start with little things as well, like during the day, you could say, "My task for today is just to smile at a stranger," or if it's some, or go up to the new person in the office. All related, of course, to your own fears and your own. It's just about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit at a time, and that's what gives you that confidence. Yeah, it strikes me too that the uh, notion of visualization is rather key to any kind of future direction that in order to you know realize your future i mean all the quotes that you gave are excellent ones of trying to you know anticipate um or making your rea- the, the future a reality you need to actually know where you're going and what you want to actually yeah. achieve and so getting some notion of those characteristics which is sort of among the the items number one and two that you were talking about sort of understanding and where you want to go and the visualization step is really this one of trying to make concrete you know, where you want to uh, get to. So I, I think it's a great uh, additional uh, suggestion to make as well. Now, what number are we up to, Mandy? We're on um, number seven now. Okay, great. Which, again, is, is what you think you create. And it, it's just, again, about thinking about your thoughts and what you're, what you're telling yourself every day and asking yourself what your limiting beliefs are and writing them down, maybe making a list of ten. Writing things down helps as well. What am I saying about myself, and what you know? How how can I rephrase that to make myself more positive and not let these thoughts stop me from doing things? Yeah, writing things down is is something that I think very few people actually do. They might take notes in meetings. They might do a note taking for all kinds of things, but they don't necessarily do it for their internal you know dialogue, their internal you know desires, their internal fears. And uh, so I think it's a great suggestion to, you know, capture those thoughts and be able to, like you say, edit your own, uh, your own thinking, your own dialogue and the like moving forward as well. Oh, great one. I think sometimes when you write down, it just becomes more clear to you. And perhaps writing down limiting self-beliefs, such as I'm not a very good cook or I'm not a great conversationalist or um, I'm too shy and I can't make friends or those sorts of beliefs about yourself and then looking at maybe the top one or two that you feel really hold you back the most and that that helps sort of clarify writing it down does definitely help to crystallize what's going on in your head because we have I'm sure most of us have such well I do I know I do I have such a busy head that it's it's sometimes hard to kind of hold on to some thoughts because there's so much going on so writing it down just adds a bit of calmness and a bit of clarity to to your thoughts 
Oh, excellent. So you have a visualization where you're visualizing the movie. Now we're writing the book, <laughs> right, in terms yeah, of writing exactly. it down. You're going to star in your, <laughs> That's star right. in your own life with a new person. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, how about number eight? Number eight, the, the concept is that when you act confident and you like yourself, others become convinced too. And I've always had a good example of that. I, I say to people, imagine that you... You go, there's two, you're in this corridor and there's two rooms with closed doors. You walk into the first room and there's a lot of people in there, nobody that you know. Um, and you walk in with your head down, looking shy and not making eye contact. Um, and, you know, just generally not very approachable and quite shy. And imagine to yourself what kind of response you'd get from the people in that room, whether they'd come over and talk to you or whether you'd probably be ignored. And then imagine a second scenario where you go into the second door and you walk in looking approachable in as much as you've got your head up, you smile, make eye contact, you, you know, you try and keep your shoulders back, look, look friendly, and imagine what kind of response you'll get there. And perhaps you would get one or two people coming over to talk to you. So even if you don't always feel it, if you act a certain way, you will have different responses from, from other people. They will often mirror what you feel about yourself internally. So it's um, it's important for you to to give off. So if you can, you know, it's really important to try and be confident because then other people will will confirm that to you, and that will help you you to believe it even more. If that makes sense. It made a lot of sense. In fact, if you also consider it as a practice, right? It's sort of like keeping on with the. The analogy that we're talking about here in terms of the movie and the and the book or the script <laughs> now it's actually going and doing the rehearsal you know where you figure hey you know a lot of people if they were actually just to act the part use that becomes reality right when you actually just get really good at uh taking and becoming the person that you want to be by just pretending and i i've found it particularly fun to do that when you're among people that you don't know Mandy, you know, that to, to practice at first, you know, if you're on vacation, I know you just came back from vacation, you know, if you're going uh, in an environment where nobody else knows you, that's a time when you're not going to have the self-talk of saying, oh, but everybody's going to think that, you know, this is not really what I'm like, right? Uh, whereas if you wanted to try out being different in certain ways, you could Absolutely. go and do it in an, in an environment where you don't know people at all. And a vacation time may be a really good time to, to do it. And you then have the practice. You've gotten, as you say, the feedback from it. Not only the imagined, but the real feedback from it. You get people actually believing that that's what you're really like. Well, you can become that uh, yeah, exactly. person as well, right? It's about taking that leap of faith mm -hmm. and just doing. And I, it's so difficult, I know, because in everyday life, we're bombarded by information and people. And it's not always easy to apply these ideas. Mm -hmm. But if you take stock every now and then and stop and think, right, what, how did I limit myself today? What did I tell myself today that hasn't worked for me, has stopped me from doing something that I wanted to? And just become more aware of the whole process. I think that can help people just, just to become aware of your thoughts. And just some people don't even sit and think about it, really. So just actually laying it out that you should challenge your thoughts, place them with more positive ones, visualize positive things. Mm -hmm. All of it together, I think, hopefully can, can make you that little bit more confident and help you to do things that before you would have been too afraid to attempt. Sounds great. Where are we at now? We are at number nine. 
thoughts lead to behaviour, which leads to your outer reality. Which again, it's just emphasising how important it is to try not to let your thoughts get you down. And um, it's just about your inner world matching your outer world and realising how you think about yourself affects your life and affects how people treat you and affects... They say happy people tend to live longer, they have more friends, they're more popular. And it's, it's just about connecting and trying to believe in yourself and not letting other people put you down. Don't compare yourself to other people. I think you also said, Mandy, that, you know, the notion of behavior and, you know, your thoughts, and there's an interesting connection between them. We've talked a lot about the notion of thoughts, particularly negative thoughts and the impact that they have. I also talked about in this last one about, you know, actually going and doing some things and then that becoming reality. It seems to me that what you're also saying is that some of the time when you actually just go do something, uh, your thoughts and your emotions follow whatever it is that you're doing. There, there's a, a careful interplay. And even mm. the notion of starting your day and looking in the mirror in the morning and smiling, even if you don't, even if you don't feel good uh, that day, that act, that behavior can actually influence your internal you know, sense as well. And of course, you have vice versa as well. But I think a lot exactly. of people don't realize that. Exactly. That's spot on. I think sometimes your mind isn't in the, quite in the right space and you have to do the actions, even if it feels robotic, do the actions, get up, get out of bed, get out of the house and do the things that might not, you're not feeling them in your heart or you just don't want to do them. But just doing that will actually bring back the more positive feelings and then you're on the roll again. But it's that little gap between feeling it and doing it, which sometimes is, is an issue. You've got to push yourself to do things sometimes. So we're now up to, if I'm counting correctly, number 10. Yes, which is about accentuating the positive, looking at your strengths, minimizing the negatives. And strong self-belief is imperative if you want to move forward and achieve your goals. It's an excellent uh, final number 10, Mandy. And so I think all of the things that we've been talking about are all around the notion of not taking as a given the perceptions you start with. No matter what your early experience was, no matter what your internal dialogue is today that is impacting the way that you live your life, I think the 10 excellent ideas that you've shared here have really taken us through steps that get you to understand what those things are that you're saying to yourself, things are the, the thoughts that are impacting your behaviors, getting a handle on those, you know, thinking about the ways in which you want to be different, imagining what that might be, what kinds of things you might want to change, realizing what kinds of things really are impediments to achieving that, uh, some of those negative self-talk items, uh, visualizing what that future is going to, you know, look like, what you yourself are going to look like in that mu the movie in the future, as well as writing down a lot of those ideas. So you've got a record and you can remind yourself and you can track how you're improving. And then you also want to actually behave those, actually go and try stuff, go, you know, be adventurous. And as you get more and more experience, I've talked in this uh, series many, many times about the whole notion of skills versus habits and that what you really need to do is practice these skills 
many, many, many times. And after you've practiced it for a while, it becomes a real natural habit, right? And I think behavioral habits also then lead to habits of thinking as well over time and habits of, you know, resulting emotion as well. And so I think this whole notion of uh, doing all the things you've been talking about will, I think, yield greater self-confidence will also yield greater focus on the positive, as you say, minimizing the negative, and as a result, yielding significantly greater happiness in life as well. Exactly. I couldn't have summed it up better myself. And I think it's just about asking yourself, how does it benefit me to be negative, to put myself down? What am I achieving by doing that? How is that helping me? And when you realize that that actually doesn't help you at all, you need to move forward with being more your own best friend, because if you've got that going for you, then you'll find that other people relate to you on that level too. So yeah, you've summed it up really well. Thank you. Well, I wanted to also, just before we finished up, Mandy, just get a little bit into the very interesting initiative that you were the founder of in the UK currently, as I understand, but possibly could expand in the future as well, called Text Tonic. And I wonder if you could just say a little bit about that. Yes, well, I don't know how it works uh, in Canada or in the States or other parts of the world, but here it does seem to be incredibly difficult to gain access to mental health professionals. And what I'm trying to do is just make that more accessible to the public. Here, you generally have to go to your doctor, and then they do an assessment and get put on a waiting list, which is a minimum of six months. Um, and this, this is what I'm talking about the general public. You can always go private, obviously, if you have a lot of money. And my, my idea is just to allow people who are having problems to text a number with, with the keyword advice and their problem. And, I, and we get back to them as a 24-hour service, and we have a bit of a text chat um, regarding their problem. And I use positive psychology in that and look at ways to inject a different perspective into their life. Sometimes you, you get so bogged down with problems and you become so emotionally entwined that you, you can't always see clearly and you can't kind of untangle yourself from that. So if I can untangle somebody from a lot of the issues or just help them to pull out of that microcosm of intense emotions they're in at the moment, um, and that would be good for me, and I could refer them then on to somebody for professional counselling if that's what's needed. But, yeah, it's just about trying to help somebody because not all of us have a great support network of friends or family, and some people are really alone, and uh, or some people don't feel they can go to their immediate network of family and friends and like the idea of somebody objective who can give them a bit of advice and... Yeah, if you've got a mobile, um, we're there 24 hours a day. Which is also, I think, a really innovative approach to this, I think, Mandy. I mean, when you think about even when people have, you know, support around, there are times when they do need some level of help. And uh, what better mechanism to use to try to get that help at the mobile or what we call cell phone elsewhere uh, in North America uh, to actually yeah. get um, get this kind of uh, help. I think it's a really novel approach, and I congratulate you on it. I, I'd like to wish you all the best with it, too. I understand it's really just getting started in the, the U.K. now. So if, if people are in the, the, the U.K., what could they do to avail themselves of, of that service, Mandy? It's very easy. You just... Um type the word advice in the body of the text with 
a space and then their, the nature of their problem or concern or worry um, and text that to 81812 and uh, the text cost £1.50 per answer that we give. So it doesn't cost them, well it costs them their standard network fee to send the message and we don't charge them for that. Um, and it's a fully regulated service, it's, it adheres to all legal requirements in the UK. And, um, and they've obviously checked that all the people that be working with me are fully qualified. And yeah, I, I can help people out there, that's what I want to do. It's not about money, I'm doing this because I want to be able to help people. And you know, I'd like to eventually set up a charity line for you know, um, vulnerable people, people going through domestic abuse or that, that sort of thing. So it's very important to me. I think when I, I don't know if you do this, Carl, but I'm always asking people, you know, what sort of problems they're facing, and a lot of them say, uh, you know, relationship problems. We all seem to, you know, whether it's with parents or children or your partner. And, you know, I think a lot of the kind of world we live in now, it means that we're often very stressed out, can sometimes feel quite disconnected from others, and feel fed up and disappointed with the way our lives are going in general, I would say. So if I can somehow help to redirect people or give them some clearer idea of how they could fix things, then that's great, or refer them on to the right place. I'm a firm believer in using technology to also, you know, solve human problems and connect with humans. And of course, this podcast series is an example of that too. And so I think the notion of using texting to uh, provide uh, the kind of service that you're providing is is also something that I admire. I think it's an admirable thing that you do. Uh, I'd like to wish you all the best with it. Now, that's for people that are in the UK that can avail themselves, at least currently, uh, of that service. Is there a website that others can go to as well, Mandy? Yes, the, the website is uh, www.text-tonic.co.uk. Uh, not to be confused with textonicwithouthyphen.com. Uh, that is nothing to do with this, so please don't get confused. It's hyphen text-tonic.co.uk. Well, great, and that's a primary way that they can get in contact with you and find out more about your uh, company's doing. I know too that you are on Twitter as you know 19 million other people now as of this recording, and uh, I know you know I am on there, and we have actually con uh, contacted one another on there. Your account name there is ampersine Textonic as well, right? Yes, Textonic, or I think you might be able to find me under Mandy Cloppers, but Textonic would do the trick. I'm also on Facebook, um, if anybody wants to find me on there. But yeah, Twitter me or look for me on the website. Um, love to hear from people. Love to hear about what, what people are doing in their lives, where they are, what issues they're facing. Excellent. And uh, wanted to thank you very, uh, very much for this session. I very much enjoyed this. I think you have some excellent ideas uh, that you've shared with the listeners of this podcast series, Mandy. And I think you also are doing, as I said, a really innovative thing of applying technology to this space and also trying to reach out to people who aren't necessarily able to or being able to get to that kind of help uh, more directly. So I think uh, that also is a really innovative approach. So congrats on that as well. So just wanted to uh, also just mention to all of you 
that we will be uh, uh, doing another one of these uh, sessions uh, very soon. I would like to uh, ask you to provide feedback on this session, any ideas you have with regard to it, any questions you may uh, have as well regarding it. I also wanted to uh, suggest that you uh, go into iTunes and provide a a rating or a comment there if you'd like, or to go to lifehabits.net, and you can also provide any feedback there uh, as well. Now, you can also follow me on Twitter as uh, my name, Carl Vradenberg, and uh, encourage you to do that if you're not already uh, doing that, and we can follow up there and be more connected than we are on this series. So that's the end of this session. Thanks to Mandy again. Thanks to all of you for listening, and bye for now.